Hey everybody, I have return guest Joe Redden joining me today, and if you didn't hear our first episode, uh, you might want to go back, it, it doesn't, you don't need to have heard it for uh, to listen to this one, but just a reminder that there is another episode you can also listen to with Joe where we talked all about the research of behind satiation and boredom, which we also talk about in this episode for context. This was recorded April 30th, and uh, and this is the last of the the um, that time frame we called the new normal or whatever. Uh, when I was recording a bunch, I got a bunch in the bank. This is the last um, episode that's like a little dated by a few months. Uh, going forward, we're, we're kind of recording them uh, just like a couple weeks ahead of time. Uh, ju just uh, not that it should matter that much, but just to make sure that any references um, aren't don't come off too dated in a world that is changing um, <laughs> so quickly. It used to be I could just bank a ton of these episodes and uh, take a month off or whatever and the world would be somewhat the same and whatever the guest had to say about their dung beetle research or, or uh, new economics finding or what have you, um, uh, you know, references wouldn't get dated as quickly as they potentially can now. So this is a great opportunity to make sure and add comments and things in uh, on YouTube or write me on social media to add any suggestions for the show as we, we've kind of tweaking the last fine tuning. Um, you'll see this will also be the last one where we had our old method. So we hence uh, going forward, we will have uh, improved audio and video. Um, uh, that we started doing like um, a month or two ago, but but uh, we've we've had the stockpile of old episodes that we've been hanging on to, and um, and then just uh, you know register to vote, everybody. It's that time of year. Um, it's easy to be discouraged when um, when you have uh, a, a couple of um, decrepit, uh, rich dudes roasting each other's cognitive abilities, um, to, to win access to, a, a doomsday device. Uh, it's, it's easy to throw up your hands and be like, what's the point? What's it matter anyway? But when you do that, that allows corruption to happen more readily, more easily because the most corrupt if you think everyone's corrupt everyone will be corrupt and the most corrupt won't be held accountable if we normalize um corruption or or any any other things that we don't like about politics if we just say they're all like that it's all it's it's all the same therefore just give up and don't do anything about it, which I've done in the past and never again. I'm I'm voting every single chance that I get from here on out. Lesson learned. I encourage you to do the same, especially you awesome people that listen to this this show. And I mean that because the people that are into the I mean, you listen to the show. We have awesome conversations about cool 
interesting, meaningful stuff. Don't you wish we lived in a world where more people were into learning about these kinds of, of topics? I know that's very egocentric of, of me to say, um, but come on, you get it? Science is awesome. Um, so, uh, you, you know, the, those of you that are science-minded, I hope that you do uh, get a little more involved in the in the political process because uh, sure looks like a war on science <laughs> to me right now, and I'm not even saying that's one side or or the other, but uh, I, I'm I'm voting um, in the opposite direction from the least scientific um, people from now on. Uh, I'm not voting f with the expectation of any politician being the right choice or the perfect choice or the most true model of reality, but I will vote against the ones that, uh, that either deny or obstruct the models the factual models of reality that uh, that scientists um, work to uh, to create. So there's that. I don't normally get terribly political on this show. Maybe I will one day. Maybe I'll do a whole political episode. It's not a bad idea. Um, uh, but uh, and you can hear all of my all of my biases, so you can better judge for yourself rather than this this halo effect you're looking at me right now uh, on YouTube you're seeing this uh, which by the way all my audio listeners out there there's so I have so many audio listeners YouTube's still new still trying to get traction so if if you're listening on audio uh, you're missing out on the, uh, there's so many of you missing out on this on this uh, wonderful beard situation that I have going on um, but the point is, some of you might uh, might be victim of the halo effect. You see such a you see such a commanding, uh, gorgeous beard, and you're like, I better listen to how this guy tells me to vote. Uh, 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 you want to watch that? You want to? Uh, I encourage you to think critically, uh, not uh, not just um, vote the way someone you like tells you to. Think critically about the issues that matter to you and search for objective truth to be determined within those issues and vote for representatives that represent that truth. That's what I would recommend you do. I'm done talking now. Enjoy today's episode. You guys are awesome. Are we? Yes. Where are we? Here. Why are we here? Not entirely clear. We are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to make sense of it all. It's immensely bizarre. Here we are. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Here We Are podcast. Today, I have return guest Joseph Redden joining me today. Joe, how are you? Doing well, doing well. How about yourself? Oh, I'm, uh, uh oh, I, I'll give the standard quarantine answer. Pretty good, all things considered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I've had, uh, I had like, um, 
recent like five days stint of like some uh, borderline mental health issues going on um but uh yeah feeling pretty good and um i'll tell you this is my happy place i love uh this is this has been doing these interviews and getting to connect um with with scientists and have these wonderful conversations uh is is the happiest part of my day but it's also been um i've been very creative and thinking of all these new ideas and then worried about the human condition um, <laughs> and economics. I agree. So I think that's I think that's the majority of, of folks out there. But 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 most of us are like healthy, physically healthy. Like we haven't gotten a virus, but then there's all of this other stuff going on, which is that we're we're all having to isolate one another. And um, and I so my experience of all of this has been that oh my god every day is a crazy adventure i'm throwing so much spaghetti against the wall to see what sticks there's new information coming in new thoughts i'm having new ideas some of them are scary some of them are exciting and every day is so different Uh, but a lot of people and the reason why i wanted to have you on a lot of people are already kind of uh feeling like they're in this groundhog's day sort exactly. of situation and i thought who better on to maybe talk <laughs> a little bit about this and some other stuff as, as well i i love taking these conversations wherever they go um and this is definitely the most the least structured my podcast has ever been because i'm the least structured i've ever been <laughs> but <laughs> but man i i your your work <clears throat> Um, for listeners, you should go back and hear the first episode. Joe was on a lot about boredom, a lot about satiation, and I love I'm bab- I babble about it to people all the time. I think I really am just fond of saying the word satiation. <laughs> it and sounds I, so scientific. <laughs> I haven't I haven't gotten sick of it. I haven't been satiated with saying satiation. So tell the folks uh, a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah, you know, I think it, you, you summed up right the relevance of satiation here. It's, it's like my daughter said to me about a week ago. She was like, you know, it feels like this is this long Christmas break that's just not ending. <laughs> and you know, I think she sees it's, it's just this repetitive thing. And so certainly um, that's where I focused uh, my scientific work has been on uh, broadly people's enjoyment, but especially uh, how does our enjoyment change over time if we have something repeatedly. And, you know, the bulk of my work would argue that uh, a lot, of, while, while it seems to us that there's nothing we can do about it, actually you find it seems like a lot of it is self-imposed. And by that, I mean, uh, the more you focus on and think about how something's repetitive is what really makes it repetitive. So it's not so much the fact that you're doing the same thing over and over or eating the same thing over. It's the fact that you're thinking about it and focusing on it and really monitoring, wow, I'm having this a lot. Ah, oh boy. I, I'm thinking of so much of some of the things that we've talked about in the past and how this talks, uh, uh, this factors into this current situation. I, well, mean, I, think I, he, I was going to say even an obvious one before we uh, get to enjoyment stuff, you know, it struck me too of, I think there's, uh, it's almost like a coronavirus fatigue going on as well too. I mean, think what we're surrounded by. 
every day you turn on the, the news, right? It's coronavirus, coronavirus, the number of deaths, the number of cases. And you know, at some point, I think people are building up kind of some habituation or adapting to it. And it just doesn't even resonate anymore. And they say New York had 400 deaths. It's another number, number day, another day. And so part of it too, I think, is that we have two things going on, right? One, we've got this big issue that we're getting fatigued with. Uh, but then we've also got to respond to that issue. We have to stay in our homes, which we're mm -hmm. getting fatigued with those experiences too. And so it's mm -hmm. almost a double whammy. Yeah, there's even things like um, like um, Trump jokes, for example. I'm a, I'm a comedian, so I'm having to navigate the world of social media. And there's like this back and forth of like, you know, everyone, uh, do, you know, do we? Uh, how do you not say something? But then, <laughs> but then how do you? Uh, how do you not annoy everyone on the planet? And then and and, and like and uh, I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you any anyone. Anyone that was that voted for that guy, thinking like, "Well, this will be good, a good thing for comedy," is is have really having to buy the ticket and take the ride because now they're like, "Oh, I didn't realize that every comic." And now you have like comics like Jerry Seinfeld and Jim Gaffigan who were never political in the past, even they're breaking and and doing like these political jokes. Meanwhile, you can be. You you can think the guy's like the biggest joke on earth or be the most liberal. I mean, obviously, if you're a Trump supporter, you're not going to want to hear the jokes. But you can be you can be the most against Trump than anyone on the world. And you don't want to hear the jokes uh, in some cases because it's just it's everywhere you look. And and it's it, it gets tired and people are making the the same points over and over again. Um, so there's that. There's also like, I thought this is going to be a boon for my science podcast. Right. I'm like, well, people are going to be the most interested in science they've ever been. <laughs> no. But at the same time, people are like, I don't want to hear about any of it anymore. So there's just the, all these aspects of satiation in every aspect of our life, everywhere we look. Yeah, and I think that's what you know, has made it interesting for me is just how many places you can apply it. And it seems like those same principles kind of hold. It really doesn't matter what the experience is. The big thing is if it feels like you're having the same thing over and over, you're in trouble. You're not going <laughs> to yeah. respond to it. You're not going to like it. You're not going to pay attention to it. Um, and, and, it's, and, and I mean, it's a valuable thing to have as humans, right? In general, we think of our lives, we have a myriad of stimulus sitting all the time. And it's actually adaptive, right? To say, well, if this thing, if that tree is always there, I should quit paying attention to it. It's not important. I should put my attention to stuff that, that is changing, um, that is different, that is unique. But unfortunately, for enjoyment, it means we get bored. Mm. I, um, you know, I, I've mentioned a few times recently this um, this kind of. Uh, the the way in which we frame things, uh, the the dramatic way in which it it changes our um, subjective kind of interpretation or emotional response to uh, to the exact same stimulus. And the the example that I uh, that I've been using, and there's a million good ones like this, but an easy one is solitary confinement is one of the greatest punishments yep. in the human condition and at the same time 
silent meditation retreats me to me, are, 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 are <laughs> yeah. one of the biggest like luxuries that, that one can afford themselves. And, and it's like, I, on the surface, from an alien anthropologist point of view, if you're looking at the actual like physical behavior of someone, it's the exact same thing. Um, but one thing is the worst torture. Yeah. The other thing is this amazing life-changing opportunity yeah, there was that, a, that you learn so much from. There was a couple. Uh, this was like right when the coronavirus stuff started a lot. I can't remember where they were stranded. Uh, might have been like Bahamas or somewhere like the Tahiti or somewhere. It was their honeymoon. And then they actually had checked and they said flights would be fine. But they ended up getting stuck at this resort. And they were the only two people there. And I remember the woman's quote saying, everyone keeps saying, that seems like a dream. She's like, it's a nightmare very quickly. And yeah. The only two people there. And so it is amazing how it can do some, uh, it's like the, you know, the head of a, a needle, right? Where it just can flip so easily. Yeah. It's uh, positive to this negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, what are some ways in which you can reframe because I, I keep on, you know, we're just going to have to talk about this. Otherwise, it, it, I'm not going to be able to stop thinking about your, uh, your music uh, research of listening to the same song and then the reframing of, of, of going back to the kind of the same restaurant in a given period of time. Right, right. I, I, yep. I, that stuff seems exceptionally applicable right now. If you could, if you could share some of that. Yeah, so the music one was one of the earlier ones uh, we did in this work. And, you know, there's this idea in psychology of uh, you habituate. So you have, you're exposed to the same thing over and over, and you respond less each time. Um, and then if you quit getting uh, exposed to the stimulus, then you recover. And the idea is the spontaneous recovery. So generally the belief was I like something at first, I consume it more and more, and I like it less and less, but then if I don't have it for a while, I, I recover. And so we think of songs that way, right? We hear it a lot, you know, one day after the other, maybe on the radio, in the car, and we get tired of the song, but then if I haven't heard it for a week, like, oh, I haven't heard this song in a while, it sounds great. So we decided to test that in the lab. And what we found actually is that uh, this recovery isn't quite so spontaneous. Uh, in fact, what we did is we brought people in uh, and had them listen to uh, a, about a 30 second clip of the chorus of their favorite song. So they'd said, this is one of my favorites right now for each person. Uh, we haven't listened to that chorus uh, like 20 times in a row, which is, is as bad as it sounds. It, it is torture. Uh, very, very. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't I tried it, it yet. I guarantee, <laughs> you this. I guarantee you this. If you try it for the rest of your life, you will remember where it was, where you were sitting and what the song was. You know what I, I should do? For the rest of your life. Oh, this is actually not a bad idea for torture, like a live stream or something like that. Like, <laughs> I should watch people's faces. <laughs> I, I no, or I sh or even even people getting to watch me uh, do it over and over again. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I would love to see all of people's like comments and stuff about it, it in I mean, real really, I mean, I remember. I, I can transport myself to exactly where I was. When I, was <laughs> it. I mean, I remember the exact song where I was sitting. I mean, really, it, it's, it's scarring in a way. But what was you have PTSD it? from your own I mean, you know, it, it, well, the, the problem we had was we were going to get people back in a few weeks. And so I want to make sure you were really bored with the song. 
because yeah. when you come back, if you're not bored, I can't test anything. Like if you've recovered on your own, we wanted to see, um, make sure there's plenty of time to recover and hopefully see if we could do something to help you recover more. And so that's what's cool. We brought people back. Uh, it's kind of interesting. We first told the students, oh, you're going to do another music study. And the whole class is like, ugh. I mean, they, they knew this is horrible. Then we brought people back, half the people. Uh, we uh, just asked them, uh, what TV shows did you watch in the last two weeks? And then they listened to that song they may have heard. They listened to their song they'd heard a lot, and they still hated it just as much as they, they had you know, on the 20th play before. The other half that we just said, uh, tell us, uh, list some of the musical artists you've listened to over the last couple weeks. And these are college students. They listen to a general good mix of music, several different artists. Then we played that song for them again that they'd heard two weeks earlier and totally hated when they walked out the door. And they liked it pretty much as, as uh, the same as when they first heard it that day. And so it showed to us that people just seem to have this huge variety amnesia. They just ignore all the variety in their lives. And we, we see it easily so many places, right? When you just think of the things you do, any two occasions of it, how many other things have you done since that? You've done a lot of things if you really break right. it down and think through your day and just we're not wired to think about that naturally. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we need some cues or we need to explicitly make efforts on our own uh, to attend to that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think, you know, even, even ourselves, we see it. You know, think of the person saying, oh, it's boring going to work every day. Well, but you're doing something different every night. It's not like you're only there. And even at the work day, it's not like you don't have the same meeting every time. Uh, and so that was really the first study where we saw, wow, this, this seems to be a, almost like a switch we can flip. And this wasn't a gradual change. It was either you recovered or you didn't. Mm -hmm. And it was a, a lot of recovery. It wasn't a tiny amount. I mean, mm -hmm. you, on a 100-point scale, it was you know, about a drop of like 50 points. Mm -hmm. uh, the first time you heard this song you liked first, the last time. Um, and so that really started a whole stream of work really looking at this you're just ignoring a lot of the variety around you. It's, it's self-imposed. And so, of course, we've done a lot of work following on to that, finding the same kind of uh, effect that's happening. Mm. But that's such a startling one where, I mean, it, it was interesting, the comments of the people. Mm. Uh, the people who did not um, recall music they'd heard, who still hated the song, just had comments like, you know, thank you for ruining Kanye West forever for me. I remember that line. Yeah, uh, and they and they put I can't repeat some of the things they said of what they were calling <laughs> us for this. I mean, it was it was scarring for them as well, but it was amazing. This other group, of, well, I can just, all you do is this. There's a simple fix. Yeah, uh, we yeah. just don't appreciate that that fix is there. Huh. So, how do you think you could integrate some of that into this uh, this situation? <laughs> I mean, I guess yeah. what's what's bore. I I don't know exactly what's boring each person. Um, because everyone's what everyone's habits are so different. So right, yeah. Like I mean, what they're being bored be by is going to be different. Well, and it matters to the person, right? I mean, think of um, you know, think of a child maybe who loves dinosaurs. To them, every time they're looking at anything about dinosaurs, it's all new, it's different. They're noticing all these details. Whereas to the parent, it's like oh, more dinosaurs. This thing is yeah, so boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very person specific, situation specific. Yeah. But, but I do think you, know, you raise a good issue. It's one of the main things I was going to point out today. I, I've just been struck by almost all the media coverage of this has overwhelmingly to me focused on the physio physical element of the virus, right? The deaths and the, and the people in the hospitals. But it's, man, the pain that all the other people, I mean, there's the financial piece you hear a little bit about. But the mental health piece, I mean, is really ignored. Um, when we hear people talking about this in terms of, you know, some of the suicide rates that may happen or divorce rates, mm -hmm. right? I mean, think of 
Um, if you think about your normal life, right, you might have a spouse or partner that you see regularly, but you also see a lot of other people sprinkled in. There's a lot of variety uh, in who you hang around, who you interact with. To a large part, that's been cut out, at least in person, mm -hmm. uh, for a lot of us here. And, and we know that, you know, this boredom that can happen with that has a lot of downsides. I mean, it tends to be associated with depression, hostility, anxiety, gambling, crime. Um, and so, so you do really wonder what those effects will be, um, especially for people who have kind of the same schedule each day. Mm -hmm. if, it starts, if it starts to get that redundant of the same thing over and over, um, that's when I think you really get in trouble. So I've personally tried to, to not have that happen to me. And so yeah. some ways I do that, or I'll give you one example. Um, there's different days where I'll say, well, this is kind of maybe a work day where I'm going to focus more. I mean, I have a certain number of things I have to do, but the discretionary time, maybe I'm going to work on a work project. Maybe another day I'll say, what's well, the day I'm going to try to work on some of my home projects, right? So maybe I'll fix a few things or repaint a room or whatever it may be, right? Or maybe there's another day where uh, I want to work on some skill I haven't had time to do. So I've always wanted to learn how to draw. And so I've started, um, there's a well-known book for this, started kind of going through that exercise and learning that. And so I think for me, at least, I feel like the more I can kind of consolidate those and make that what the day is about, then it seems more different. Mm. Please walk Sparky for me. No way. <laughs> I'll throw in a caramel frappe. Ooh, make it a large deal. Get a sweet deal. $2 any size McCafe beverage on the McDonald's app. Between you and me, Sparky, I would have walked you for free. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Offer valid through 4322 or participate in McDonald's. Valid one time per day. McDonald's app download and registration required. Um, yeah, I, I do. I, uh, at first, at first, my, my, uh, my hope for, um, people becoming more interested in science was just like, well, they're going to want to learn and understand what's going on with this thing. So they know what's in their best interest. And that in hindsight, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I like, I like to think of myself as the type of person that is, Happy to admit when they're wrong. Um, I, I think I think that the uh, that now uh, the best hope is that like people are. I, I I think in the beginning people were like, I get to get caught up on every TV show that I, that I haven't gotten. Yeah. And, and and now and then and then all of a sudden it was like, okay, oh maybe I'll go back and watch. The Die Hard trilogy, <laughs> and like, oh, and, 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 and like, I think it's starting to now occur to people that like, oh, you can't just watch twelve hours of television yep. every or, single day. Or I think what you can do there is, uh, I don't know if you saw the story in India where uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a epic tale that was like a seventy-eight part uh, television show that ran a number of years ago, and they brought it back and uh, replaying it. And its ratings are off the charts. And they said one thing that's really done is a lot of grandparents remember that show. And now they're able to share that with the children and kind of go through it. Um, and so I, I do think if you can find ways to make it kind of special. Like in our house, we like uh, the show Survivor. Yeah. And so we had um, already taped most of the season but hadn't watched it yet. So it was recorded, but we just saved them up. And so then, you know, each, each night we have a little time where we watch Survivor. Yeah, kind of like the survivor yeah. hour or whatever. So I think you yeah. know, the more you can at least find ways to make it kind of different or special or something unique, something you can, uh, you know, 
at least make your day break up a little bit. But I thought the, the it was a really interesting one with, with the show in India where they said it's had all these other transformative effects of bringing families closer and, and talking about you know, some of their experiences and other stuff. It was kind of neat. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely... <clears throat> It's definitely something that um, that is like makes it easier to bond, out, especially with family when you maybe don't see eye to eye on like a right, lot right. of other things and don't aren't as relatable. Especially something like grandparent to child. <laughs> right. Um, but but, but, but I, there's I, only I'm, so many survivors is the problem, right? Yeah. That's what I saw in my life, you know, we talk about the food supply running out. What's going to happen when the Netflix supply runs out? <laughs> It's yeah. Like, uh, well, I mean, it's, it just seems to me, well, maybe, I mean, I just need such different stimuli. I, I'm definitely on like the high end of, uh, you know, the openness scale and need novelty all of the time, but I can like, I can also get that just from like books and things and like yeah. writing by myself. Um, and, but, you know, I love traveling and being on the move too and exploring new ideas. But, um, so maybe I just need it. And I, I, I don't know. I, I just, it, some of this stuff is, is, and I guess even with TV, that's like, you know, maybe you're just going to have people going like, Hey, you know, I've never really watched documentaries before. Or like, oh, I've never watched horror movies before, and that's how they'll fill some of the novelty aspect of things. But, um, but yeah, I it, some some of the stuff that's funny in terms of it, what I'm wondering is the other factors that are going in with this that might be um, um, conflating some of what maybe looks like satiation which is, so we're already kind of talking about um, voluntary versus involuntary, like, uh, y you know, celibacy. Um, uh, uh, an incel versus a monk right. is, is two very different pictures of, of how you view your, your celibacy. And, right. um, and it's going to have uh, completely different effects on your, on your mental health. Um, it's funny to, so I'm, I'm back in Wisconsin and I'm thinking about, you know, the jobs that I used to do and a lot of factory work and whatnot. And, you know, a lot of these, it's interesting seeing people so ready to like missing work so much because the difference between is, so this was like a job that most people are like dreading going to each right, right. And now that they're told that they can't uh, like i gotta get out there and get back to work but yeah. but but if they were retiring see if they were if they were if they happen to be right. like retiring the same day of the quarantine and now this is retirement they'd be thrilled that they weren't going back to work and right. and so there's also this this like factor of just being told what to do yeah. there, there's this nor this like natural human inclination to be like and i have this in me be like, screw you, I'm doing the other thing. Yeah, in psychology, there's, it's called reactance. Yeah. Right? I don't like you limiting what I can do or telling me what to do. And, uh, you know, there, there is an effect of that of, um, I think it could be a double whammy going on if you think about it. That one, right. I'm angry because, um, you know, you're telling me what to do. And I would tend to be kind of high on that scale too. Like, you know, 
Yeah. I just, I don't want you to be able to push me around. <laughs> and so it's, I should be able to do what I want. So there's one negative there, but I find even on the, the front of, um, you can get another side though, where, uh, now that I'm at home and I have more time on my hands to choose what to do, we also find and work on satiation or boredom, uh, that choosing can be a bad thing. And that what can happen is um, one thing that's required for choosing is, right, I look at the options I have. So maybe I'm in Netflix and I'm deciding which of the three shows do I want to watch. Or do I want to read my book or do I want to work out? Whatever it may be. I've got some options. That when we choose, we have to decide which one I like the most. Well, that requires us to think about, well, how much have you had these? And as I mentioned earlier, that can be a trigger for satiation. So we actually find that repeatedly choosing what you have to do versus someone telling you here's the mix of things you're going to do that choosing actually makes it more boring and more satiating and it seems like you know this is all assuming that you like most of the things you're given right mm -hmm. that it's, it's the same general mix of stuff but then what happens is every time you choose it's almost like someone in your ear is saying you're having this again again and so you wonder if there's some of that too that we have to plan our own day now every little minute uh, for some people, that there's a downside to that too, mm. of all this choosing. And there's lots of, of other work on choosing too, how it's depleting and tiring. Uh, but we find also it can make it actually less enjoyable now because it just reminds you you're having the same stuff over and over. Mm. Whereas you could kind of more mindlessly say, oh, it's time to do this. That uh, there can be a benefit to that. Mm. And so it can kind of be both ends too of, of, I don't like that you won't let me do that, but there's also this downside to having the choice, uh, mm. especially for enjoyment. Hmm. <laughs> what? Uh, it, it's funny how it's always it, ever since I first had you on it's just struck me as how interesting and complicated the subject of boring <laughs> of boredom <laughs> I, I think anything that involves enjoyment I mean people are extremely complex it always drives me crazy when I hear someone say, oh, you know, we can just predict human behavior. Oh, man, you talk about a hard problem to do uh, right. on almost anything. It's just there's so many ways it can splinter. Everyone's unique. Everyone has their own way of kind of approaching things. Um, no, it, it is a, a challenge. When I think that's also why it's hard for us to really know what we like, too. Mm. It's hard to understand ourselves and what's going to make us happy, what's going to fix our boredom uh, or whatnot. Then you try some things. You know, I find another thing that helps uh, me as I try to kind of take, take Netflix, for example, and certainly when people are watching more of that, the numbers say that I try to kind of even bracket that. You know, if your if your mindset is I'm watching Netflix again, that's going to be more boring than if you could say, uh, like for me, I kind of bracket it out. So I like documentaries a lot, actually. So I tend to do, uh, documentaries. If I'm going to watch TV in the morning for the reason, like a little bit, I'll watch part of a documentary. I have another, uh, I'll usually work my way through a movie with workouts. So I'll do about 30 minutes. And so it's about over the course of three days, I watch the movie. But I know workout time is for this movie. The morning's documentary time. You know, survivor time might be in the evening. And so I think the more you can just think of it, not just as watching TV or watching Netflix, but um, some subdivision, if you will, uh, can help as well too, to appreciate mm -hmm. the variety. Or in some ways, just being creative. Like I said, the, before we started at the tennis courts here, they had locked up. Uh, and our family loves to play tennis, so we've just been, uh, it was a, a badminton set we had that we kind of lowered the net a little bit, and we've just been playing on our street. There's no traffic <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it adds a new twist to it, right? It makes it seem a little different. 
Um, we got tired of that. So then we moved to pickleball. And so I don't know where we'll go next, but <laughs> at some point, you know, people are going to run out of things to do. Um, certainly, but we're trying to come up with new stuff. Yeah, this is, um, you, you know, one of the things that I noticed when I was, it, it, you know, another factor is like how, how much of this is like, uh, just, just like fear of, of, so, so take, you know, when you, when you were mentioning the, um, the empty resort and how that would seem like a dream for most people. Um, I, I had a four day drive back from LA to, uh, to Wisconsin when, when things hit the fan and it was just this incredibly <laughs> beautiful drive and the roads were empty and like, it was if 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 you would have like men in black me or something like that and given me amnesia and made me forget about the context of the situation and i was just driving on this open road right. uh on this beautiful day in this incredibly scenic area um i mean it would have it would have been some of the finest days of my life <laughs> but, <laughs> but with the context of like Oh, is this because of the apocalypse? Is that why these streets are empty right, right now? Right, right. There's like a real eeriness um, <laughs> associated with it. So you you can't even. It seems like you can't even get the same enjoyment out of like going to a nice open park or something. <laughs> something like right. That. Yeah, I mean, it, it also doesn't help that it's just all you hear every second. Right. Um, you're swamped by it. But yeah, I think, again, it's, it's, you know, you've got that other nagging piece to it that, that certainly can bring you down. What about, cre what about actually using a schedule to, to help decrease satiation? So, so things like, things like, Okay, I want to I want to go on social media. I want to check in, see what a couple of my past science guests are tweeting, or see what some of my comic buddies are are tweeting about. But now I'm gonna get sucked into it. I'm a, now I'm sucked into the pol and now I'm checking it through the day. Or I've made a post, and now I'm and and now oh, oh someone retweeted me. So well, while I'm getting that validation, I might as well see what else is going on out out there and. Um, and and things like that that are whereas I feel like if if I were to instead really set an intention and be like okay from three to four each day I I'm going to do all of whatever social media stuff that I'm going to do and that's it so it is it's the exact same activity each day right. at the same time. But I think it would actually be much better for my mental health, and, and it would be better in terms of, in terms of be, because I'm limiting how my how much I'm right, taking right. in. It would save off some of that satiation. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, certainly, I think having a schedule in, in a lot of ways can be a good thing for satiation, for sure. And, and I think the analogy there would be um, if we think of mindless consumption. You hear a lot of this with eating where if we're just eating chips in front of the TV, we're not paying any attention to what we're eating, we tend to eat a lot more. 
mm-hmm. than if we have our attention on the food. And, uh, and certainly that's consistent, right? With, if, if I'm not paying attention to how much I'm having of the chips, I won't be satiated. I'll keep eating them longer. And I think schedules help do some of that same thing, right? They allow us to kind of do our work or do whatever we want to kind of do in a mindless way more mm-hmm. um, versus having to watch the clock uh, uh, and think about what do I need to do next? Where I think yours is interesting, I don't know if I've seen any work that looks at whether that time kind of has this bound or not, like what that's going to do to it. I mean, certainly it's a downside if, if you know, your hour's up and you just found the most interesting thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my guess would be that, um, I don't know. I can see that going either way. I don't know if I'd make a strong prediction. That's a I really guess. interesting, if you had about the same amount of time, I could see it. My guess would be that having the rigorous schedule would help because you do it more mindlessly. We might guess going in, but Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why we'd have to test it to see. I mean, I think about it as, um, you, you, you know, uh, but, um, I, I usually kind of keep my, my psychedelic, uh, advocacy life out, uh, separate from this podcast, but you know me a little better. I mean, I, I, when I'm approaching life, um, when I'm at my best, um, it's m- many of the lessons that I take from having a safe and getting the best um, psychedelic experience possible, which is like um, setting an intention, you know, uh, going through the experience and, and then having a ending it and, and figuring out ways of integrating it into your life. And then also controlling, making sure that you're doing the proper dose and stuff right. like that. I kind of, I kind of think about news as the same way. If I, if I am going to watch the news, I think about it like, okay, what is my intention here ahead of time? I'm going to go into this. Okay, I'm going to see what's going on out there. How, what am I going to do if I get myself worked up? <laughs> you know, I plan yeah. it out ahead of time. Uh, okay, let's take it. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then afterwards, like, okay, what do we think about that? How do we... Uh, and and that and that does at least for me it's healthier than having just like which i've also had years of my life where i had like the 24 7 news cycle on on the background thinking like maybe i'll be a political comedian this will be good i'll get jokes or whatever (laughs) and and that was that was way way worse for my mental health because there's got to be this balance for anyone with like Okay. Yeah. You know, can, can you stay informed without like driving yourself insane? Uh, you know, there's a difference between like completely sticking your head in the sand and, and like obsessing and finding like what that happy medium is. I, I do wonder if, if some kind of scheduling of those, of those things that you know are, and, and those are almost kind of like the indulgences too, in terms of scheduling, uh, like okay we're gonna watch survivor each day rather than like crap i don't know what else to do i guess i'll just let netflix go on auto play and <laughs> feed me, Take uh. me away. no I, yeah, I think um you know you mentioned an interesting one where if i think from the through the lens of, of the work i do think about that tv on the background uh in some ways you're exposing yourself to huge levels now of the, let's say everything's coronavirus right now, right? So it, it, you're really um, almost giving yourself an, an anesthetic to say, I'm not going to feel this anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Habituating to it. But even also, too, you're making it 
even worse because with that thing running, every now and then, though, something may come on that you finally do listen to. It's like someone saying, here's coronavirus again. Here's coronavirus again. And, and where I think that another impact of that, you think of, I mean, one of my worries with this is we try to say, I, I'm worried how much more longer can the lockdown last? And part of it is the boredom piece, but also just the, if we know something about health behaviors, one thing is if I don't think something is really severe, then I'm not going to like take any precautions or care about it or do much. And so I wonder too, to what extent this 24 hour cycle is making people feel more and more like uh, it just doesn't have as much reaction to me. I don't feel like it's as severe. If I get it, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And which you know, things, the other side of the equation. Now, if I'm saying, do I want to stay on lockdown? Well, it's not a big deal anyway. It's only old people die. Yeah. yeah. Of that. And then on the flip side, this lockdown is really boring. It's horrible. It's, it's not pleasant. I really don't like it. I don't think I can stay with it anyway. And so you wonder at some point that that calculus is going to work out where it's, people aren't going to be happy. Yeah. When people aren't happy, their behavior changes. That's one thing we do know about behavior. I I, I mean, my, my concern of the coronavirus, even, even though like, I, I, I think people, I think some people are, you know, People use statistics in all sorts of ways to validate the whatever. Yep. They, whatever I don't trust they a wanna. single thing I hear on, on TV. <laughs> and and so I mean I'm definitely um, in, in terms of my concern. My one of the least of my concerns is like your probability of actually dying if you get coronavirus. <laughs> a big concern of mine is how contagious it actually is. It seems right. like it's more contagious yep. than most, yep. uh, like something like the flu. But but I, I think like the the real real big concern is like we don't want our healthcare system to be overwhelmed. That's the real concern. Now now that you know you're having uh, people aren't going to be able to uh, uh, attend to their diabetes or having to you know my my grandpa just was having trouble breathing and it was like a oh do we take him to a hospital do we not take him to a hospital right, right. you know thing, things like that. Um, all this preventative care that people are like now questioning the things that we took for granted and, and you got to do it because it needs to be managed. So for, just from a, let, let's, let's say that, let's say that you and I both agree that we don't want uh, <laughs> the healthcare system to o- get overwhelmed and right. collapse. It, it, and who knows if it would or wouldn't one way or another, if you, if you socially isolate or if you don't, but part, part of that is, not just will Corona um, overwhelm the healthcare system, but you know, as someone who's been to a, a psych ward before, will mental health issues also overwhelm or, <laughs> the healthcare I, system? I use example like that. So a friend of mine, uh, he's a uh, orthopedic surgeon here in uh, St. Paul, Minneapolis, and you know they're obviously not doing much work right now because it's only you know, elective things they're not having. And he was still a licensed to practice in New York where he did his uh, residency and such. And so he actually, he's getting back this week, but he went to New York City for a month to help out in the ER. And he was sending kind of updates um, to some of us through email about it. And, you know, what's lost, I think, in all this is you hear these statistics, but he would tell stories of some of the people of, you know, these people dying where there's just not a lot the doctors could do for them. They're trying to do everything they can, and each day it's something new. That's a bed infection or some other piece, and they're, they're running around trying to help. And the worst part of it was when you hear the stories that these people died without any of their family around. And so you wonder, I mean, the person 
you know, died obviously had the worst outcome, but all those family members that didn't get to say bye, don't get to have a funeral or whatever. Just what are the repercussions going to be of that? It's got to be massive. And for them, I'm not sure you you adapt to some of those things. Uh, And so, you know, I think those stories just aren't coming through as much, but you read them, you're like, wow, that, that just sounds like, uh, a really horrible setup. And, you, and that's why I've just been amazed by that so much of the talk, and even you look at how the stock market reacts. Right? I say, oh, this one drug showed a little bit greater effectiveness. And the stock market changes like crazy. It's like, well, what about all these other effects? To me, they're way bigger than the immediate health of the, the few people. I mean, if you look at the bigger scheme, right? It's a few people have the worst outcome. Yeah. But it's all these, you know, follow-on um, afterquakes that uh, you really worry about, that I do at least. Yeah, and yeah, I, I mean, yeah. we don't know the. I mean, I think it reminds me of a. Well, I was trying to think of a way of what is some research maybe I could do that uh, could leverage the fact that people are kind of locked in their homes. Um, and so I've been trying to do some, but what it reminds me of, we did some work for NASA where uh, one of the big problems they have, not big problems, but a, a common complaint they get from astronauts on these missions is we get really bored with the same food over and over. And right, because there's no option. What you have is what you have there. You don't order McDonald's. And they're especially worried on longer trips, like to Mars, what would happen. And in some ways, I, you know, you think of those astronauts, when we started doing that work, we learned just their schedules are, I mean, they have so little choice. They have to do all these things. They, they don't have the freedom. And I mean, stress and anxiety is just massive for them. And obviously, they can select for the people that, that kind of are, are better able to deal with that. But in some ways, a lot of us are like on long space missions somewhat now, where we can't do the things we want. We can't go see the people we want. We can't go eat the foods we want. And you wonder, like, what's, what are the effects of that? And, and we know that, um, you know, it, it's highly stressful and, and anxious. And, you know, astronauts, even when they come back, right, they decompress them for a while. And so in some ways I was thinking, is there a way we can learn about that space travel from the fact that, because when we did the work for NASA, there's no way to recreate the situation of an astronaut. You know, with, legally, I couldn't do that. <laughs> How do I, like, get some people, lock them in a room and say, you can't see anybody for six months. Um, but in some ways we, we have some of that going on right now. And, and so we know the tough toll it takes on astronauts. And those are people hand-chosen to deal with this. And so you can only imagine the, the average person being thrown into that. Mm. Hmm. Although, if we all start reframing this as a space odyssey, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's such a personal difference. They are looking at some of the longer space missions that NASA talked about. And some of these were long enough where the person's never coming back. Like, you just, it takes so long to get there, you would never be able to bring the person back. And, it was ama- and I was thinking, who's going to sign up for that? It, it, they said it was amazing how many astronauts were all for it. And they're like, that's just where I'd love to die. That's where I want to be in space. Mm-hmm. And so for them, it is this odyssey, like, I'm fine with that. You know, let me be there forever. And so again, there's all these individual specific differences. The problem with our current situation is nobody got to choose. Everybody had to go on the space odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. And my, <laughs> yeah. my kids actually, my kids are loving it right now. They kind of like it actually. They find they can do their schoolwork in about a third of the time. I mean, and they, they still play out in the yard some and stuff. They, they, they see their friends through Fortnite and the social media and stuff. And so for them, it's not so bad. Uh, at least perspective. There's a lot of, I mean, I, I have, uh, I mean, I'm a stand-up comedian, so, so I have, uh, uh, you know, s- some huge uh, financial stressors right now. Oh, I'm and, sure. And um, <laughs> outside of, outside of that, um, you know, I, I would say that I'm managed, I, I'm just like, 
a lot of times I'm like, I was built for this. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is, this Now's is my time and, for Shane. And it's like, and I don't need to leave to go and have an interesting conversation with someone. <laughs> like, normally, if I want to go, uh, I if I want to go and try to have an interesting conversation, I gotta like, all right, I guess I gotta get ready, go out of the house, <laughs> go to a bar get drunk enough and get everyone else drunk enough until finally everyone pries open their mouths a little bit and actually has something interesting <laughs> to say. And now I can just zoom some scientists and have a meaningful conversation. Um, and, but, uh, and, and when I do have, like, I've, I've definitely had some rough patches. Uh, I'm used to rough patches. Like I have, I right. have rough patches. I have, I have depression anyway. Like I have like, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't like, this is called uh, a Thursday. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, this isn't like, I, I, it, it would be tough for me to, to know for sure that, that whatever bouts of depression that I am experiencing, right. Which if anything is probably the least that I've experienced in a while. Um, uh, but it, it's, it's tough to say if it's even in any way attached to this because it's, it, you know, who knows? It's a, it's a normal part of my life anyhow. And, and, it, and it's, and it's something that like, I mean, I do think it compounds it to be like, oh man, this Corona is causing my depression. How much longer is this going to last? Because this is, it, for me, it's, it's almost healthier to be like, yeah, this is just, you know. The, those normal ups and downs that I experience uh, anyhow and like, you know, I'll get through this. So the other thing that I was like hopeful for is I have a partner's called um, uh, 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 The Great Courses uh, Plus. I don't know if you've ever heard of The Great Courses. It's just a, it's just like an online course. Thing, is it like Masterclass know? and some of that? Yeah, yeah, that like the, those sorts of things. So, they, yep. so there's a bunch of awesome ones out there. Um, the one I happen to work with and sponsors the show is called The Great Courses Plus. Slash, here we are for the free trial today. And, uh, and um, I thought that like, this is the time people are going to start like taking all these online courses and stuff. And I actually haven't really seen much of the numbers. I haven't, but, but I, I know that they're putting more money into advertising right. and more programs and stuff, thinking that this is um, the opportunity uh, for that. And, and I have, I've seen, you know, people, puzzle sales are through the roof, you know, yeah. this is like <laughs> big, big puzzle. Clearly, clearly, started this virus as right right as a, as a <laughs> plan, plan to make money <laughs> with their growth plan. and um i wonder I, i've been experiencing so much of and, and again of the things that i'm used to so i i'm told i'm bipolar whatever that means i'm a hair suspicious but 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 certainly in times that i agree that maybe i am I, and i have like these bouts of manic like i i have like grandiose ideas that i get very excited about and everything else like yes this is my idea this is gonna change my whole career blah 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 and then often you know it's very disappointing afterwards and isn't what i built myself right built it up in my mind and and i and i really try to then factor that in and like have a little caution and be like wait is this idea really as exciting as you think how much of your time and energy should you really put into this 
there might be a lot of people experiencing this for for the first time of, of like, <laughs> great, I'm going to learn to draw. I always wanted to learn to draw. What an opportunity. And then you start drawing and you're like, yeah, shit, this wasn't what I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> I only know people quit a lot of things, right? And yeah, yeah. But I do think you raised an interesting thought I hadn't thought of. You wonder, I mean, I just think of my own self of a, uh, you know, with some of this time, you start to think of other things. Like, you know, there's an idea for a book I've, I've always kind of thought about and started kind of sketching yeah, an idea for yeah, a new yeah. product. And you wonder if a lot of people are doing this. And Everyone's you know, writing their book right now. Everyone's writing their book right now. And then, you know, yeah. but you wonder, like, are we going to find, like, 10 years from now that there's these fruits? Uh, it's almost like the, the babies from, you know, uh, 9-11 or other incidents. Um, or the yeah. baby boomers from the war, like, are we going to have the same thing? These, these product ideas that, that really came out of this time people had where they had these lofty dreams. A lot of them, they'll let up, but some of them are going to get through. And I've, come through. So I, I wonder. I've already put things out that are, that are, I imagine going to be hopefully regular parts of my career from now on that I simply could not see until this happened. And I was forced to take a bunch of chances and throw a bunch of spaghetti against the wall um so so yeah I, I, my, uh, that this uh, this is definitely an interesting um opportunity for innovation um so i i want to uh, as we're kind of wrapping up and and i don't want to be i don't want to be redundant and get people satiated with the with, <laughs> with the uh, overly satiated with the boredom um talk but I think that for your average person to think about boredom or, or to, you know, someone who right now, so I'm anxious about my finances for me to hear someone be like, Oh, I'm bored to tears right now. Um, I'm like, what a, what a luxury, yeah. you know? And I, and I got to stop myself yeah. from doing this. This is, this is the same kind of response. Like, you know, I, uh, I, I have like actual depression and, and some people that aren't used to experiencing depression go like, well, pull up your bootstraps and they just simply don't understand the, okay. <laughs> the, the neuroscience of what's going on. And they're built differently than I am in that, in that same way. Do you think that it will be hard to, um, or, or maybe in your personal career, um, obstacles that you've seen in kind of impressing upon the importance of boredom in relation to mental health and life satisfaction. Do you, do you think that, you know, boredom in terms of the intuitively prioritizing things, it seems like most people would, it, it seems like a, a silent killer. Yeah, exactly. No, I've, I've always, uh... Yeah, I thought there, there's, I think there is a niche for a, a good popular press book that kind of gets at that. It's kind of like, you know, killing them with boredom in a way. You just think, I mean, there's tons of work of, right, these downstream effects of it that you don't really attribute to it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's not a straight linkage, but it's got to have some of these effects. I mean, I was, I was mentioned to you, I mean, you've got to think there'll be a spike in suicide rates yeah. I think after this. Uh, I think there'll be a spike in divorce rates. I think I read, I don't know if it's true or not, that I think Russia had banned all divorces. 
like, oh my god! I think I, I don't know if that's true or not. I, I read that somewhere else. It's a legitimate source. That funny, seems like, like the worst thing you could do to marriage. Because <laughs> <laughs> we know you're gonna get really bored. Um, but no, it's, it's. I mean, we know it leads to anxiety, unhappiness, and and you know, it. it I think that we think of boredom normally as this kind of fleeting thing, right? We were bored for a little while. We found something new to to make ourselves happy, but. The problem is when boredom's happening more and more and more that you start to get these more uh, salient conditions, like some of the mental health issues that it could trigger on. And then, you know, you don't think of it as being boredom's fault, but, you know, it's probably one piece of contributing to it. And so I do worry. I mean, it, you know, I thought about when you talk about coming on today is like to me, it's just for a while, it's just been so striking that all the talk is about the physiological and physical effects of this. And to me, the financial and the mental health are so much bigger deals. I, I think at least. I think long term, we look back, those are going to be the catastrophic effects. I mean, just think of the, the um, so I'm not as positive on the, the stock market as certainly people seem to be right now. I just don't see how you don't have the chain effects of small businesses. And they're like half the jobs in the United States. And a lot of those aren't going to come back, mm -hmm. right? I mean, the people don't have working capital. They don't have the money to take the hit. Um, and so I, I, you think of the ramification, right? People lose their jobs and now there's more anxiety, worry, stress. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, it's a really bad situation that that's not going to be remedied by, you know, suddenly we have a little bit better treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Humans weren't meant to be locked in their houses for <laughs> months on end. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, it's going to be tricky. I, I, I'll tell you just because you might be, um, you know, interested to know, but, but there's, uh, there's some comedy clubs that are going to try to take a whack. It open. I saw, I saw one today that was, you know, I, I, I put some, I put some feelers out um, on, I'd made a post yesterday about like, Hey, does anyone, does anyone see the, uh, because for me, it's not just like, oh, let's all open back up. It's also that, okay, you can open back up. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get customers. Right, right, right. And he, I think that they, I was reading, uh, they're talking in Wuhan, China, that they're opening back up and a lot of these restaurants got like two customers all day. And it's like, well, we shut right back down. It costs more to. Uh, yeah, because you can potentially be getting like your unemployment or whatever benefits right, or whatever. Right, right. Now you just fucked yourself over. I, I can't, I'm going to have a hard time explaining to Uncle Sam that normally I get 300 people in my shows, yeah. but, but I got 20 people. So yeah, like, normally I'm a, <laughs> I'm a better act than, <laughs> sure you than, are. than that. Yeah, yeah. So you need to subsidize my empty seats right. for me. Well, you like, too, just the mixed messages is. The, a few days ago, my 10-year-old thought it was so funny where we saw a bus, a city bus, and on the front of the city bus was an advertisement saying, please stay at home. It's kind of like, mm. there's kind of a conflict there. <laughs> You're packing everyone into this bus together, but you want everyone to stay home. Um, no, it's... it's this it, is, what we don't know is the long-term effects of people, too. Like, what fear are they still going to have? Look, I, ju I just got this. This is how they're arranging a comedy club. To try yeah, to have capacity, shows what, <laughs> in May. This is like a 400-seat wow. room. They're wow. spreading tables out from yeah. six feet away from one another. Dude, how the, first off, yeah. how the fuck is that even going to work? From a committee, okay. like, 
if, if, if there's if there's one tenth the capacity or whatever for a comedy yep. club, you can make that work if you cram everyone right up front. Uh, I right. mean, in terms of will yep. it be funny? Yep. In terms of uh, how how laughter right. works and everything. you need the contagion. Yeah, you need the contagion, and now uh, there's a contagion. <laughs> they're saying explicitly, we're making sure contagion doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, and and, and it, like. And then they're like, in the, uh, oh, what, what's this? What's, uh, let me just, this is just so interesting. And, and sorry to like, it, th- this is, we're getting derailed. I just thought this just happened today. I don't have anyone else to talk to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just thought you'd find this curious. Hey, you're always interesting. Yep. Just in terms of like, you know, the, all of the factors that, yeah, we like, if anyone out there thinks I'm not concerned about like wanting to perform again and live life as normal or have economic concerns, I absolutely, I absolutely do. It's just like the reality of, so this is they're, they're reducing capacity by 35%, six to eight feet between tables. Um, no, no being sat with strangers staff. Oh, wow. Staff yeah. will all wear masks um so so now if you're so you can't even get this you want to go get the capacity of the seats because unless my party is all four people and that yeah then you can since it's a couple with two well they killed a whole table with two people yeah wow so all so then then the only way you can even make money is to be like you have to be in groups of four now people are going to yeah. be like doing meetup groups to find strangers you can't to make sneak me do that. in with their <laughs> with their groups of four you the line outside to get yep. into the club, right. you're going to space that out like they did at the grocery store. This is to see dick jokes, by the way. <laughs> you're, you're asking people to go Those are my favorite this, ones, though. <laughs> risk this shit because people need dick jokes. Now what are you going to have? A, a, we will do temp checks of all guests and staff. Now you're getting your temperature taken. <laughs> Where is it? Where is it being taken at? <laughs> which, which end? <laughs> and, and what are you going to do? Have people sign a fucking liability form? Because if I'm running a comedy club, yep. that's what I'm doing. And because, because otherwise, who's to say that someone's going to buy a ticket who has coronavirus just to try to sue the comedy, not even go to the show oh, right, or right, whatever. right, right, right. You gave it to sue me. Sue the yeah, comedy yeah. club. You gave it to me. Like yeah, you're no, exposing yourself to so much risk, and and I mean I have a sci- you've you've been on stand up science. I I have a I have a science show. There's not a chance. There's not a chance my crowd's coming out to see me. But, <laughs> yeah. but so so now now like the people that are look at the look at the people that that are. And, and first off, I'm not saying that every liberal's fucking on the right side of history on this, and and, and I'm not saying that that everyone going going to town hall in this protest ha- has is doing this with every like wrong headed like right. view <clears throat> view in mind, but. I mean, uh, I'll, you know, uh, but you, you, you raise an interesting point that I was thinking of, of, you know, parts of the contagion, but I, I also was thinking about, so, uh, there's another, um, some other couples with friends of ours. We go like once a week, we used to go to a uh, pub trivia. Yeah. Right. Can't do those anymore. Obviously right now. And, uh, you know, it made me wonder like, but then, so the trivia company tried to do an online version. 
where you kind of play at home in your house online, whatever. It just it doesn't really take up. It's just not the same. And so it is interesting that there's something about being there in person um, that makes it so much of a different experience. Oh yeah, and people are comedians are trying to do virtual stand up shows, which I like. I'm rallying <clears> against, <throat> and I'm trying to talk them out of trying to do them because I want to have stand up comedy to be a thing people are interested in once we can do it again. Right, right. <laughs> but why why compromise? Like mu- music, music you can. You could go and enjoy jazz and be right. and be separated. Absolutely. No problem. And it, and it might even be like a cool experience <laughs> to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, absolutely. Um, but your, your audience isn't going to sit and watch me on stage doing, doing the best jokes that would kill like anywhere else, like throwing fastballs, giving my A game and would would destroy your average room and then like not oh, nice. not work as yeah. well and, and no no one's gonna walk out of there being like well you know what it was it was probably the subconscious effects of humor not being contagious no they're gonna be like that guy wasn't funny <laughs> you know it reminds me of a documentary i saw one time it was following some people trying to make it as comics this was a few years ago in new york city yeah and this comic got up and he did his first set uh it's a disaster like no one's laughing at all he even says at the end he goes okay you know i know you're not going to apply for me at the end so let's not even go through the formalities then he goes to another set 15 minutes later same exact content and the room's just loving it screaming hooting and he gets out there and he goes it's just the, kind of the random draw of it right you know the, the crowd just can matter so much and so you yeah, take yeah, that yeah. whole piece out but it, it just struck me i, mean, I always thought of comedy as having that but you just know how many other things like when we eat out at a restaurant how maybe having other people around other tables, even though we're not talking to them, we don't know them, like how much that still affects our enjoyment uh, of things and it changes the experience somehow. I, I, I just never thought of it really being so broad, but I feel it myself with things. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, going to the restaurant doing takeouts doesn't seem the same. But uh, no, it's, it's interesting. That, I mean, it's this massive experiment we have to see what are the behaviors that are going to stick? How are behaviors going to change? Um, and, and that's the big wild card. I think a lot of companies are facing now. They just don't know how are people going to change? What changes are going to be just temporary? And we'll go right back to the old way and what changes are going to be permanent. Mm. Uh, and I think you bring up a good point that to the extent to which maybe you try online comedy, maybe a bad thing. If it's like people aren't having a good experience or they get used to it and they start to see comedy that way. Well, maybe they won't come back the other way. The behavior won't resort to where it was. Uh, so maybe companies shouldn't be having these half-assed measures. It could, it could yeah. be a bad thing. I, I mean, people still think that heckling is like a thing and like it's a- appropriate or whatever. And you go in and you ha- because just because that used to be a th- it pretty much pretty much he- heckling fell out of like the norm of like an actual comedy show in like the early 90s or something like that. And and so this is three decades later. People still think associate have this negative association or like think heckling is part of what comedy is how long are people's interpretation (laughs) of what comedy is going to be influenced by quarantine comedy i mean god no i think we just don't know i think it's it's such a wild card of um like one thing i think interesting i told my wife um so for a while i actually prefer uh getting takeout food sometimes because then I, if I want to like watch a documentary on TV or do something else at home or listen to music, have the drink I want, have it quiet. 
And you wonder, like, to what extent is that going to happen now where people get used to that being the behavior they prefer? Mm. And so we'll see, a, which is horrible, like, for waitresses and other professions. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, it's me. That's the biggest wild card out there, certainly in the marketing space, is which of these changes are going to be permanent and which aren't. And I think you raised a good point of maybe some things we're doing can affect that. Mm. Um, all right. Well, before I let you go, what are you studying right now? Taking, adv- uh, uh, taking advantage of this opportunity? You, you getting any, uh, you trying to get any data about what's, what's happening right now on boredom? Yeah, we're, we're, we just got some ideas. We're kind of playing around a little bit with, um, nothing that's taken advantage of, say explicitly of this. One thing I'm studying right now with a doctoral student is, um, it's this kind of counterintuitive result that when we think about, it's actually very intuitive for learning, but not for enjoyment. You know, imagine you're going to do, you're going to read a book and watch uh, a series, a Netflix series. So those are two of the things you want to do over the next few days. The normal like intuition would be, oh, I should kind of vary those. Read a little bit and maybe watch a show, kind of inter- intersperse them. Uh, we actually find that you enjoy those things more when you clump them together more. And what seems to happen is, um, you know, if I'm reading the, the book back to back or listening to a song repeatedly, that when it's clumped together, I tend to notice different things. I get a richer experience, almost like I'm learning more about it as I go. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you intersperse all your activities over time, it's almost like I got to reset. Well, I was kind of in the mode of the book and in the scene, maybe I was transported. Well, now you put me in the Netflix. Now when I come back to the book, I got to reset. And so it's kind of this interesting thing of maybe a lot of our activities, we should be clumping them together more than mm-hmm. trying to get variety in every moment and, and intersperse them. So we're playing a little bit of that. We, we, we get that result consistently. We're not sure exactly why it happens yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it is relevant. The chronos, you think about people trying to start goals. Like I want to start drawing or I want to you know, write my book or whatever it is that someone's going to start doing. Uh, our work would say you are better off when you can find enough time to kind of really clump that together. Uh, and that you tend to enjoy it more, which is, is not as obvious. Mm. Well, um, this has been fantastic. If, uh, if, if, people are, if people are so bored that they want to read scientific publications, where, where can they find some of your work? <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the shittiest way I've ever phrased it. <laughs> it's called Trust Scholar. This is, this is why virtual comedy doesn't work. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I mean, certainly Google Scholar, but you know, yeah. a lot of the marketing work is going to be in the journal of consumer research, journal of marketing research. Um, and you get some popular press coverage of the stuff as well, too. But awesome. if you search my name in boredom, you'll, you'll find some things to. Fantastic. I, I absolutely find this work incredibly fascinating. And, and I wanted to get you back on just because like I, I, uh, I actually, I think about it all. It's actually kind of, you know what, I'll actually share this. This is actually, actually kind of changed my, uh, another, another last little thing. God, I'm going to keep you here forever. Um, a, a last thing that you might appreciate is is my relationship to boredom is something that I actually started analyzing. It was partially because I had interviewed you and I, I got myself thinking about it so much more. Um, and it was actually on, uh, and speaking of psychedelics, it was actually on a mushroom trip that I found myself much more bored than usual. And I thought, well, I'm going to like f- f- feel into that and think about yeah. what, what that's about. 
And I started writing about it. And I started thinking about how boredom has impacted my life. And I had this upbringing that I viewed as being really boring. <clears throat> and so I rebelled against it. And, and I did everything like... Uh, every exciting thing and drove fast and was an adrenaline junkie and did all the, and it's had these major negative consequences. It, it, it's, you know, it's blown open right, some right, fantastic right. opportunities yep. for me, but it's had some incredibly negative consequences in my, in my life and made my life much harder than it's needed to just because I'm so scared of being bored of being perceived right. as bored <clears throat> And ever since I had that realization, I kind of have been able to reframe boredom as like, when I feel it, it's like, oh, well, you know, me being bored right now means at least I'm not stressed. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, but I, you almost can't be stressed and bored at the same time. There is like almost a level of like mastery that, that has come with like, if I'm bored, that means I've like at least figured enough things out to like be bored with with this Wait, subject. Yeah, you remind me of a um, uh, couple things. You know, one is that um, you know there's some work on mastery, and you look at like athletes; they're able to achieve these great levels. And overwhelmingly, of course, one of the inputs is the number of hours they practice. And that one big difference there is. You know, for <clears throat> I remember someone said it's kind of like you have to love the grind, mm -hmm. and it's like some people are just able to kind of either find their own ways to deal with it, or, or they're okay with the boredom at one task, or they can stay locked in. And certainly in that one area, it can lead to these outstanding outcomes. But it's like you have to kind of because if you look at learning and expertise, it's going to go through fits and spurts, right? You kind of like, you know say you're mastering tennis, you get better at one thing, and then you'll kind of flatten out, and maybe you learn something new, maybe you go down a little bit, and you kind of have to enjoy the grind or enjoy the journey. And so I think there's, there's a big element of that in terms of mastery and happiness uh, and those pieces that it's, it's kind of easy to uh, neglect that part. The other thing I think that you raised an interesting point, I haven't tested this, but I'm pretty sure it'd be true. It'd probably be hard to get it published because it's kind of obvious after the fact. You mentioned, you know, I don't want to be seen as boring, but that was one mm -hmm. thing that drove you. And so I do think there's an element of boredom too that, that it's related to self-inflicted, but that society has just such a negative stigma to it. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you one example where I think that comes to fruition. <clears throat> um, think of a child who uh, they seemingly can watch the same show over and over and over and over when they're really young. Same cartoons, their favorite one. They seem fine with boredom. No problem. Who cares? And you wonder, is it society that teaches them, no, you should not enjoy the same show over and over. That's, you know, that's not pleasurable. That's not a good thing. It's not a good trait. So I wonder, too, how much of this is just socially learned. I mean, my dog certainly doesn't seem bored with his, her meal every morning. She runs to it still, right? It's the same food every morning. And so I wonder too, just how much of this is society has just created such a bad stigma with it when, I don't know, it's not, it doesn't need to be. I mean, it isn't like meditation. You're trying to have tons of thoughts in your head. Right? Yeah, it's always yeah. you're trying to like tune everything down. And so I, I do wonder too, if it's just, it, you know, maybe if you could teach people to say it's not such a bad thing to appreciate mm -hmm. boredom and, and appreciate the rest and the settling and, and some of the other pieces of it.
Yeah. Maybe an appreciation for nuance too in, in a, in a world yep. that needs to be faster and furious as sir. And that's just a hedonic treadmill. That's just going to be as boring as any other thing. Yeah, is. All gonna be boring yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for your time, Jill. This has been really terrific. And uh, thank you listeners for being such wonderful, curious people. We'll talk with you next episode. If you enjoyed the show, please comment, throw me a thumbs up. If you want to head over to Patreon, you gain access to our Discord. We have a lovely community that's been going for about two months now. And I, uh, I really like it. Um, and it helps support the show. What do you mean by help support the show? Well, did you know that I lose money? on every single episode of the Here We Are podcast that goes out. That's true. I do. I lose money every single time I release one of these. It used to pay off because I used to be touring live, and so it was a fairly cheap advertising cost for me, and it still does pay off because I absolutely love this show. I wish I could, if I, if I made money, I'd be doing one of these every single day. I love talking with scientists. I love getting to disseminate information for all of you. And so if you want to help me out, that would be terrific. If you don't have the money to do that, you can also just go and uh, leave a good rating on iTunes and Stitcher and every podcast app. Write a whole wonderful thing. And the those apps favor those things. So they, they get bumped up a lot more and recommended to more to more people. And uh, it would at least be nice if I am going to be paying for this to know that more people were watching, more people are listening. I still got to figure out YouTube algorithms and all this crap that's on me. I just, uh, I'm not the best at uh, putting the time into the behind the scenes um, stuff of, of things always. And it's insanely complicated and changing all of the time, but I love that I'm now doing this on YouTube and providing video. And uh, even though it costs me more to do that, so um, so help spread the word for me if you would, and give me money if you would. If you don't have it, that's fine. I'll be all right. Uh, I hope you're not struggling out there. But um, if you uh, if you want to support me, that would be awesome.